Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. Leadership is a big deal in business. It's actually a business all its own. Companies big and small operate executive training programs. The world's most successful entrepreneurs write best-selling books about how they got to the top and what it means to be a real leader in business. But what about being a leader in your community? That takes a different kind of training. Enter the Leadership Institute of Acadiana and its executive director, Katrina King. LIA operates several programs designed to connect professionals to Lafayette and Acadiana, and more importantly, how they can get involved. The flagship program, Leadership Lafayette, is approaching 40 years of cultivating leadership, and the program has a reputation as a springboard for public service, not just in elected office, but in community organizations too. Katrina herself is uh, what's called a cautionary tale. She graduated in leadership class 34 and threw her hat in the ring to run it. And in 2021, she got the job as executive director. Katrina is a lawyer by training, previously worked in planning for local and regional government agencies. She's also pursuing ordination as a deacon. Katrina King, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks, Christian. Super glad to be here. So the U.S. military might be the nation's oldest leadership program. And for veterans, the American Legion is a way to keep their service going. My guest, Stephanie Hanks, is the first woman commander of American Legion Post Number 69, a job she piled on to her very busy workload as a realtor and a legal assistant. Uh, Stephanie joined the service a little late, listing in the Navy at 26 and becoming a code breaker. Uh, she joined Post 69 after leaving the Navy, but didn't get too involved until she was pressed for duty as a junior vice commander. And in 2019, she became commander. The Post has been busy under her leadership. It's 145 members help with disaster relief and volunteer for community projects. Times have changed, and so have the needs of today's veterans, Stephanie says. And there are lots of vets in Acadiana, around 31,000. Stephanie is originally from Virginia and is now one of Acadiana's 3,000 women veterans. Stephanie Hanks, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you so much, Christian. Katrina, I'm um, I'm just going to put it up front. I'm a Leadership Lafayette grad, Class 31. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I was struck when I went through it by how like eye-opening the program actually is. And I think like a lot of people, you know, I was starting a business at the time and I thought, hey, here's a networking opportunity, right? And then you get into it and you're like, no, that's not really it. This is not just for swapping business cards and getting to know how you can get it, get ahead in business. I mean, um, are people usually surprised to find that or do people at this point kind of know what they're getting themselves into when they sign up? No, I think you're right. I think there is a large chunk of the population who expect something when they go through Leadership Lafayette and it's never what they planned when they get there. People see it as an opportunity for professional development, for networking, and really it's much more than that. It's about civic engagement, knowledge sharing, growing through experiences together, and learning and growing from different things that people have shared in the group that might not come out in normal conversation. Yeah, I mean, I should say there were still plenty of opportunity for professional development as I, w I, w as I went through it. I mean, I remember telling friends, you know, when I was doing it, hey, I'm doing this program. And they'd say like, yeah, isn't that really just for like business people to meet business people? I mean, 
I was almost thinking to myself at the time, right, that maybe that meant that there was something different about the way the program was run here. Maybe then it might be um, done in other communities. I mean, is that kind of unique to the way Leadership Lafayette or LIA approaches it, or is it something that's more common, let's say, around leadership programs? I think it is kind of a common thread. So there's an inherent connection to Chambers of Commerce. A lot of leadership programs are born out of the Chambers of Commerce, just like ours was born out of the Lafayette Chamber. And so across the country, you'll see other leadership programs using a similar model. And so it's natural for the business members of the Chamber to be part of the programs. But once you step out into the community, you realize that not just business people are the people that have information and knowledge to share. And so stepping outside of that and including local government, nonprofit, all kinds of different angles of the community kind of enriches an experience for people. Yeah. So, so Stephanie, your membership, 145 members about current, and that's, you know, out of 31,000 people and events, right? And, I, and I've read that American legions are having a bit of trouble with membership. I mean, what, what's, what's happening there? Help us understand what's going on. I think a lot of people do not, especially the younger veterans, do not realize that the American Legion still exists. Hmm. It's an older organization, so many of the younger veterans that come through, when I ask them, oh, what post do you belong to? They did not even realize we were still here, even though we've been on Surrey Street for over 100 years. Wow. So they don't realize that it's not just a World War II camaraderie event where everybody gets around and sits and drinks beer and it's it's not that anymore yeah. you know we've got student programs we've got so many different things that we're catering more to the younger veterans as well even the students we're working with local high schools yeah. to send students to Boys State yeah. you know so that's a great leadership opportunity for our graduating juniors so there's so many other things and we're starting a junior shooting sports team here in Acadiana wow so there's so many other things that the younger veterans don't know that we exist. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't realize that the Legion was actually involved in Boys State. I didn't go through that myself, but that's a program I think people generally know about. I mean, has that historically been part of what American Legion does? Since 1943, and wow. actually our boys, I work with six schools in Lafayette. The other posts work with some of the others. We just sent seven boys last week, and one of our Lafayette High juniors is going to Washington, D.C. next week to represent Louisiana. Wow. So it, it is a big thing, and the boys were so excited last week when we went and visited and checked them in and saw the, their achievements throughout the week. Yep. It was just amazing to see these young juniors interested in leadership and government. They were writing bills. They were writing ordinances. They were running school board meetings on their own. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean— I'd be remiss not to just say, like, look, I'm a journalist by trade, and I think, you know, something that I'm pained about often is that there's just sort of a lack of, we'll call it, I've heard the term used, democratic habits, right, that people would have learned through programs like that or through leadership. Well, we're not really getting cultivated even just in the basics of how government works. I mean, have you found that, Katrina, as people come through your program? I mean, I was maybe in my early 30s when I got there, and, I mean, I was a reporter, so maybe I felt like I knew things, but there's plenty of things that I learned that I didn't know. But, I mean, is it that common? Am I off base in saying, like, hey, it seems like we're not really kind of learning the fundamentals of how some things work out there? No, I really think you're spot on. You'd be surprised how many people come through our programs who've never been to a council meeting before. And so people just don't know what they don't know. They don't know how to do it. No one's ever taught them. Is it easy to find out that information and understand it? All of these kind of questions abound. But I think it's totally normal for your average Jane or Joe citizen to just not know how to plug in because they don't know. Wow. 
So, so Stephanie, there are more than one post in the area? Did I, did I get that correctly? Lafayette alone has three posts. Okay. Not just Acadiana with the nine parishes. We have three posts in Lafayette. And, and how does that sort of organize? Like, if I'm a veteran and I want to choose a post, I mean, how am I choosing among them? Is it just based on kind of where I live? I mean, how does that happen? Where you live, but also each post... They, they have the same values. We still go off the American Legion bylaws and constitution. Yep. But it's, I, I tell them, go visit all three and see where you're comfortable. Different posts, like we're focusing more on the younger programs and the transitioning veterans, getting them off the streets. Whereas post 504, post 241 may be focusing on something else. So it's, it's all in where their focus is. And ours, we are just wanting to revitalize our programs to attract the younger veterans because they don't realize that American Legion is the strongest veterans organization fighting for their benefits on Capitol Hill. Yeah. What's the disconnect there? I mean, the program's been around for a long time. Is, is that something? I mean, I, I, and my perception is there are lots of veterans organizations in Lafayette. I mean, is it just kind of like one of those things where there's just so many choices that people don't know where to get started? I mean, what's happening there? Possibly. And awareness. Yeah. A lot of them don't realize the benefit or that we even exist. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are in what's in it for me or they're busy with young families and and we've got over 500 student veterans at UL. So they don't think they have time but they don't realize they don't have to come to a bunch of meetings and they don't have to do all these different things. Just come to the activities that they want to be involved in. Now, you know, Katrina, when, when I went through leadership, I mean, one thing that I made note of in my class was it was uh, populated by people who weren't necessarily what you think of, I guess, as business people, right? I think we had teaching artists. I had folks that worked in sort of different kinds of things. And I felt like at the time, maybe that was a little bit of a development within the program. Of course, this was before your time, as I recall. Um, but, I mean, w- was that sort of opening of the who belongs here uh, approach, was that because there was a sense that the business landscape was changing, or was it a sense that we needed to kind of train leaders in a different way? I think it's also training all leaders. So leaders across the community in different sectors and industry, um, when people come through our programs, they have a lot to offer from all types of life experiences. And I think some of the secret sauce that comes with Leadership Lafayette is really having those conversations with people with different perspectives. And so making sure that people know that Leadership Lafayette is for them is really critical and kind of expanding that table along the way is real important to the work that we do. You know, I'm sort of struck that one of the things that you'll learn um, going through that program, right, is the sort of challenges that the community face, right? And and Stephanie, I know a a cause near and dear to your heart, right, is is the the proliferation of, you know, vets who are living, you know, homeless, right? I mean, I think the number that you gave me earlier was 35, 37, somewhere in that range, right? I mean, these are the sorts of things you come aware of through it. I mean... How are you guys trying to work with that population? I mean, what are you doing in terms of, you mentioned transitional housing, et cetera. I mean, what, what's the approach there? Correct. It's, it's really boots on the ground because while the numbers show 37, not all veterans check the boxes. There could be 57. There could be 107. We don't know until we get boots on the ground and go downtown and see where they're staying partner with organizations like Hub Ministries on University to go and and volunteer and learn where they are and what they're suffering from and what what would help them to get off the ground. 
I mean, do you, do you guys do any work with like? I mean, I I think of veteran services typically, and I think most people would think of like the VA. We have a VA, you know, outpost hospital kind of thing here. I mean, are you guys at all working with federal agencies? Are you entirely funded on your own? We are not f- government funded yeah. at all. Yeah. We are strictly a volunteer organization. Um, I am working a lot with the VA out of Baton Rouge. We have an amazing program coordinator. Any questions I have, he helps me with contacts, with resources. We work strong with the Alexandria VA because that's our catchment area. Um, I've met with um, Catholic Charities. Uh, they're going to be reopening St. Michael's Center, but there's not enough beds. You know, we, we've got to reach out and work with all these organizations. It, it becomes a joint effort. It's not just their problem or our problem. It's all of our, all of our problems. You know, Katrina, I'd be curious to hear a little bit more about the structure of LIA as an organization. I, mean, I think staff-wise, it's just you, right? One-woman show. <laughs> um, but, I mean, help me understand a little bit more clearly the relationship between, you mentioned that LIA sort of grew out of the chamber, and that's pretty common for leadership programs. So, so what is the formal relationship between the Leadership Institute and, say, one Acadiana in this case? So we are a separate 501c3 nonprofit and so my office is in the One Acadiana building. Yeah. You'll find me there on normal days. I have meetings in the One Acadiana building. But there's always going to be that inherent relationship because we were birthed out of the Lafayette Chamber. Yeah, I mean, so do they fund you in any way? I mean, what- Yes, they do underwrite part of my salary. And then how else is this program paid for? Primarily through tuition payments. Yeah. So in order to participate in our Leadership Lafayette program, you pay tuition of a certain amount, and we have a class size of about 30-something. Yeah. And um, that's primarily it. We also have other programs that we run called Intro Lafayette, Acadiana Onboard, which is a nonprofit board training program, and Intro Lafayette's to reintroduce people to Lafayette or introduce new folks to Lafayette. And then we do some facilitation and training as well. We've done private intro Lafayettes for groups like CGI and for their interns. And we're also working on some board trainings for boards privately as well. And so that's kind of where our funding comes from and, of course, sponsorships throughout the year. Yeah. So, so, so Stephanie, is everything that you guys are doing just funded from membership fees then? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <Okay>. Membership fees... <laughs> Out of the $40 membership fee, we get about $10 wow. a year yeah. per member. Yeah. That's not even enough to run the lights for a month. Yeah. So everything we get is per donation or hopefully sponsorships for the upcoming events. Yeah, I mean, you guys have facilities to deal with. So, I mean, I imagine fundraising is a big part of your job. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we used to host barbecues, and we'll get back to that again, yeah. but that's not enough to cover a building, so... Yeah. With the upcoming expansion that we'll be doing with the Outreach Center and the Transitional Housing, we are currently setting up meetings yeah. with seed funders for that. You know, if a business has a marketing budget and they want 100 years of advertisement with their name on the building, yeah. you know, at, we would love to talk with them. Was this a role that, I mean, like dealing with, I think of the American Legion and, and I, I think maybe a lot of people like me so, so my awareness my grandfather was a member of the american legion he was a world war ii vet and so i remember like i got like an american legion board when i graduated high school my mom was my grandfather died before i was born and he's he would have been very proud and my my, my general sense right was the american legion is almost more of like like you described earlier like a way for people to kind of connect i don't want to say social club but that was the vibe that i got in terms but it sounds like it does a lot more sort of service kind of programming 
Um, is that a recent development? Has that changed over the years? I mean, is that reflective of a different need for the organization? I think it comes with the change of the times with the younger veterans and more community outreach. The It used to be a great camaraderie for the older veterans, yeah. but the programs, the Boys State has been around since 1943. It's just been quiet and people aren't aware yep. like now we're working with parish proud to revitalize veterans park i mean there's yep. a lot of younger veterans coming out to do things in the community which is refreshing to see you're listening to out to lunch i'm christian mader i'm talking with stephanie hanks commander of american legion post 69 and katrina king executive director of the leadership institute of acadiana so do leadership programs ever i mean boy like boys state girls state those are programs that kind of exist in more or less every state in the country. I mean, are they typically associated with, like, it would seem like the kind of thing that a leadership program would have interest in, right? I'm sure there's an opportunity for connection there. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's been a history here before. Yeah. Um, not that I know of. But yeah. I think. Are, I mean, are there youth leadership programs? Yes. Yeah. Um, we've previously put on um, junior leadership through our leadership Lafayette umbrella yep. and currently the Broussard Chamber has the Brent Henley Youth Leadership Program that they're running. Right. And I mean it was the idea there that like I mean feels like you can't teach kids uh, too much how the world works, right? I mean <laughs> but I mean do, do people like tend to go through I mean I guess maybe this might be too soon to say, but I mean did they tend to go through youth leadership and then they matriculate, let's say, to the adult leadership program ever? Oh, yeah. We have actually had some recent alumni come through who were in the junior leadership program in the past. Yeah. And so now they're coming through Leadership Lafayette and then passing on that knowledge and information to not only their families, but also the youth leadership program in Broussard that they're building. Yeah. Um, so Stephanie, talk to me a little bit more about just sort of the broader landscape of sort of veterans organizations, right? I mean, I feel like there are a number of them Locally, I mean, you talk about awareness being an issue. I mean, how do you kind of distinguish what the American Legion brings, say, to the community and to veterans, right, as opposed to a, a different organization? It's not even a different post, but just a different veterans organization. We have a lot of veterans organizations in the area, and you're right. It can get confusing, and yeah. we have quite a few members who are also VFW members. Yeah. We have... AVA that is in the area. We yeah. have Hero Program. We have so many different organizations, and it's all about, again, like the Post, it's all about what they want to focus on. AVA, they were handling PTSD, and they were handling the Work Give Program. So we're not focused on that. So to share the resources and be able to collaborate together, it's very important. Yeah. What VFW's mission is and what our mission is, each post in every location is going to be different. VAC may be helping with just veterans claims. I'm not helping veterans claims. I've got veteran service officers for that. It's, it's a matter of what we want to focus on and, again, where the veteran feels comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, is there, like, a resource that helps the veterans navigate that? Like, if I kind of come back and say, well, I want to do something. I don't know where to start, right? And if I look up and see a list of 10 organizations, I might say, like, turn and Stephanie help me figure out who this is. is there sort of an umbrella organization that helps people out with that I would love to say that there is yeah. but you're exactly right besides just googling yeah. veteran organization in Lafayette I I, I welcome veterans to come to me and yeah. say exactly what you just said help me out here's what I want to do yeah I have this list yeah. of the VAC the VFW MACRA AVA all these different groups 
that have different focuses, I would love for a veteran to, sh to be happy because if they come to our post and they're not happy, they're not going to check out any other post. They're not going to check out any other veterans organization. So if they want to come to me and say, this is my interest or this is what I want to do, I'm happy to show them all the different organizations that I've found in Acadiana mm -hmm. and show them where the focus is. Yeah. I mean, when you guys do, Katrina, like the, the, the nonprofit leadership side of this, Acadiana Onboard, I mean, does are people kind of coming into that with that same sort of mindset of saying, like, where do I get started? I mean, is it, you know, there are, what, I, I, I'm just going to make up a number and no one's going to tell me I'm wrong, like 100,000 nonprofits in Lafayette that probably all are desperate for board leadership. I mean, is, is part of what, say, Katie and Onboard does is sort of help me find a place to plug in or, or is it just about understanding board governance, governance and how that works? It's a little bit of everything. We tend to have people that come through who have never served on a board before, who are interested in getting their feet wet. We have people that are seasoned board service people and they just want to make sure that they're doing it right or maybe they've never had a formal board training. That's probably the most common folks that come through is say, you know, I'm on a board, I've been on the board, but I don't know if we're doing it right. Yeah. So kind of looking to expand their skill set. And then we've got people that are even interested in forming nonprofits yeah. and trying to, to make sure that they stand it up the correct way. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you feel like people commonly should maybe misunderstand about board service and what it means? A lot of people think it's all fundraising. Okay. And that's not true. Yeah. Um, development looks like a lot of different things, but also having good governance, helping to guide an executive director, helping to support their vision and cast vision for the community is also really important. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have many veterans that go through the leadership programs? Actually, recently we had um, one of our Leadership Lafayette class members currently attended the Acadiana Onboard, and um, we actually have a partnership with Acadiana Veterans Alliance, yeah. and they help fund some places for Intro Lafayette or Acadiana Onboard, yeah. and so that way we can get them plugged into what's happening. So, I mean, Stephanie, you've talked a little bit about how, you know, American Legion has changed um, a bit, you know, and, it's, and what's driving that is, is, is a sense of the needs that veterans have. And what's changing, I guess I'm, that has me curious, what is it about the, what veterans go through now that's changing what they need? A lot, and, and this is just from what I've seen, sure. a lot of younger veterans may not realize that, even civilians or other veterans will understand what they've gone through. You know, yes, World War II veterans saw combat. Iraqi veterans, Afghanistan veterans have seen combat. It's just a different mindset because they're a younger way of thinking. They may think, well, you won't understand what I've been through. Yes, we do understand. And they may shelter themselves because we've been taught to suck it up. They may not realize having someone to talk to and just share those things with yeah. that we have a lot more in common. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly seems like, you know, empathy plays a big role there. I mean, people talk about these things quite, quite differently. And I, you know, going, even going through the, the leadership program, Katrina, I mean, I watched people who, you know, uh, kind of didn't understand what was even happening in our own community. I don't mean to say that leadership is only about uh, throwing you into the, the lion's den of any number of social problems, but certainly people, you know, come in and sort of have a certain vision of the way our community works and how great it is, and then they look at it and wow, this is crazy. I didn't know that this was happening. I mean, are you finding that the program has is, is put people in places to 
change that? I mean, can you give, me, give us an example of, of how people kind of come through and maybe change the way they approach these sorts of issues? I think when we get different people in the room who are up and coming leaders and seasoned leaders, uh, you have a lot of opportunities to learn. And so when you're exposed to the complexities of what's happening in Lafayette, there's an opportunity there for people to just really get feedback on what's going on. A lot of us are knee deep in our day job and we focus on what's going on there. Then we go home to our families and want to take a break and don't have time to plug in or feel like we don't have time. So um, a lot of friendships and relationships have been made in Leadership Lafayette programs to take uh, unique experiences like the Human Library that recently happened. Um, one of our alumni um, helped create that exercise and it puts different people together from unique life experiences and you can check out those books. And so a lot of our alumni will go through the 24 hour citizen project and come up with something that they saw in one of the leadership Lafayette program days and say, Hey, I want to share this with other people. How can we do that? How can we get people connected? Yeah. Stephanie, it strikes me. I mean, maybe I don't need to be a veteran to help out with American Legion. I mean, is that true? Uh, that is exactly true. And American Legion and the Auxiliary and the Sons of the Legion are veterans and family members of veterans. We are in the process of creating Friends of Post 69 that will be a nonprofit that will allow community members to help veteran causes, whereas they can't be a member of the Legion, but that doesn't mean they don't want to help the veterans. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, maybe we should send her to Acadiana on board when you're ready to get that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I welcome that. Absolutely. Yeah, Stephanie and Katrina, thank you so much for joining me on Out to Lunch Acadiana. It's been a great time. Thank you so much, Christian, for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Katrina King, Executive Director of the Leadership Institute of Acadiana, and Stephanie Hanks, Commander of American Legion Post 69. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS, and you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about the Leadership Institute and the American American Legion by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find it and subscribe to our podcast on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Dylan Babineau. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producers are Molly Richard and Chad Terrio. Our researcher is Leah Erdi Alice. And today's show was engineered by our photographer, Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Mader, editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit newsroom. To get the scoop on Lafayette, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our free newsletter. We'll see you here next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. See you later. Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.